Buffalo Bill, William Frankie coming live from Miyama, Oklahoma. That's right. Miami just said differently. Um, coming live from the beautiful quadrants of Missouri, Oklahoma, Arkansas, and Kansas. Uh, Frankie, it's great to have you in. It's, it's great to be here. I'm, I'm excited to finally get on the pod and, and, and get some hot takes out. Uh, and obviously, we'll be talking about this in a second, but I mean, what a wild rivalry week i mean i i I really feel like the there was some escalation there was some pride at stake um and uh i feel like your boys really delivered this week yeah there was there was a lot on the line between the overland park and the martin city rivalry and it really came down to just a few big plays and a couple missed passes and and all of a sudden i scraped my scraped out with a win which was which was huge especially against cambo so always good to see and always good to see a chiefs win as well more involved in you and Frank, you and a cameras matchup this week instead of my own matchup in my other <laughs> league. Yeah, which I ended up losing because of that second Devonte Adams touched. Uh, oh, not a not the best week for Jex boys, but um, yeah. I mean, before we get into these matchups, um, we do have a couple trades we want to discuss uh, that occurred prior to uh, this podcast um, and. Uh, I guess we can start with the one that just happened a few hours ago. A um, bit of an under-the-radar trade for sure, but we saw uh, we saw Metcalf trade away uh, Scary Terry to Will Frankie for Raheem Mostert. Uh, Frankie, what were your what were your thoughts on this trade? Uh, well, I honestly wasn't looking to make a trade at all, and Riley reached out to me this afternoon and said he he's in dire need of a running back, and I went and looked and. Basically, all of his running backs are on a bye this week. So he had, who was it? He had Rashad White in the, the running back two spot, which was just not going not <laughs> to work. Um, and so he reached out to me and said, who's available? I said, you can make any offer on any running back. I'm not tied to anybody. Um, and I was kind of, he, he's been trying to sell me on, on Scary Terry, and I've been, I've been looking at him. Um, and he just said, Raheem Moster for... For Terry McLaurin, I said, "Yep, that's a deal." I feel like I just kind of fleeced him on that. I think Terry is definitely playing below his ceiling, a lot closer to his floor. Um, and I don't know, Raheem Moser was never going to start a game for me unless a lot of people got injured. So picking him up as a wide receiver three is just huge for my team. It gives me a lot more depth at the the wide receiver position. I thought. It was- was a fair enough trade um the biggest issue with raheem mostert is that he might be completely injured and wearing street clothes next week but I, we've obviously all seen how fast he can be um 
honestly, I would say at least by the eye test, he looks like the second fastest player in the league behind Tyreek, especially for a running back. It's He's just so elusive. I, I'd love Raheem Mostert. Can you imagine if the convictions we held in fantasy, the <laughs> how confident we are in things, could change as quickly as uh, our political or religious beliefs? Metcalf on fantasy night, uh, when he was when he was had a full belly of Frankie's quinoa and uh, you know a full mind of the champagne he brought, dressed in the Roger Goodell uh, suit, um, he was telling everyone that he can't believe how far Scary Terry fell. He was so excited about it. He said, "That's my dog. That's my alpha. That's my boy." Um, you know, like the I don't know if the Metcalf of uh, two months ago would even recognize the Metcalf of today. Uh, now, after a electric start, scrambling to just completely rebuild his team with uh, you know a guy who's on the cursed 49ers RB room, where it is tradition to uh, suffer a four to six week injury uh, once it's your turn to start. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I think it's great value for me. I think I drafted Raheem Moster closer to the, the 13th or 14th round, and he drafted Scary Terry in the third or fourth. So just being able to make that trade straight up is just I – I think it'll pay off for me down the road. Maybe Carson Wentz gets his act together a little bit more and starts connecting on a, on a few deep balls. I recently dropped Jahan Dotson, Frankie, who I knew you drafted. Um, so I didn't drop Jahan Dotson. Did you pick him up? No. I know he was on your team at some point. I don't. I don't but... He was not on my team. We'll have to do some investigation, we'll but it's good to <laughs> it's good to see that someone's investing in the Commanders wide receivers. <laughs> Uh, an- another trade that went down. The other one, uh, maybe even a, a bigger caliber, still not a blockbuster, but we saw, um, you know, a absolute dirty deal in, in the Little Apple um, with Shea sending out Miles Sanders and receiving Rashad Penny and Michael Thomas. And um, I don't know if I felt one way or the other when this trade happened, but looking at it objectively, I think, Diche got a really good deal out of it. He had obviously Penny performing at his absolute ceiling and Michael Thomas, who was no longer had such inflated value for Miles Sanders, who also was playing in a ceiling. So I, I, you know, that trade at that time, just five days ago made so much sense. Um, nothing hurts more though than getting a new player. And then he's just out for the rest of the year. I mean, there's nothing to say about that. You basically just, it's just it's just a guy you immediately drop. This isn't a this isn't a keeper league. So um, Rashad Penny will be if Diche hasn't already, he'll be shown the door, um, unfortunately. And uh, so now it becomes down to I guess uh, Miles Sanders for Michael Thomas. Um, how much did Dawson win this trade, or will Diche still see decent value out of Michael Thomas? Um, I think the fact that Miles Sanders is a running back. And Michael Thomas is a wide receiver, purely weighs it in Dawson's favor. Like, honestly, regardless of the skill cap of either, like, just the fact that he's able to put him in an RB slot is huge. Like, this this league is so bearish right now with their running backs. Yeah. I'm looking at, like, I was looking at everyone's roster today in one of my classes, 
and it was so bad. Like so, like Joe, who's like honestly has a really good team with Jalen Hurts and just stacked wide receivers, is like just a fish at just like a fish in water or a fish out of water right now because of just how terrible his running backs are. Yeah, um, I there's definitely been a lot of trade talks flying around, um, including with you, Jack, uh, because I, you know, for for uh, as much as I think, uh, you know, Kamara and Mixon have kind of underperformed at this point, you kind of realize you kind of look around and you're saying, oh, wow, I guess it could be a lot worse. I mean, obviously with injuries, with, <laughs> with the Tamki Javante start, um, but 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 also with, you know, just just. Guys just being inexplicably just bad. I mean, Najee Harris, um, you know, I, I guess one of my takes that's aged better on this podcast is that he was probably the worst keeper. Um, and that has proven oh, yeah. very true. Uh, he really hasn't been able to do anything. I mean, I would still like him on my team. Um, but that first round value, I mean, I don't think you're going to get that at all. I think I can already definitively say you will not get any first round value out of Najee Harris, and you know you'll you'd be lucky if he ends up being a low end RB one. I think that even that is kind of difficult to see happening at this point. Yeah, honestly, if I'm Cammer, I'm trying to just like immediately trade Najee. I know he's like a big believer, especially after he saved his ass in the finals last year. But oh god, <laughs> I, he's, I mean, it's just, I mean, it's just you could see the writing on the wall was definitely there last year just because his yards for carry were so low. Yeah. And then he also, like, he had Big Ben just doing every single dump off possible, which obviously couldn't sustain this year. And, like, his his usage was insane, but I don't know. It's just whether or not, like, he thinks the Steelers can score a lot of touchdowns because, as we all know, unless you're like a top three running back in the league, that's where your bread gets buttered. So I don't know. I'd be looking to move him. <laughs> I, I I have loved hearing stuff from like Metcalf, people who have completely become open to the idea of, you know, the entire team is expendable. So let's get some trades done. Um, you know, obviously he's trading for the sake of trading sounds really dumb, but there's pretty much always uh, an efficiency on, one team and an inefficiency on your team that you guys can meet. Um, this league, actually, right now, I feel like my team doesn't have too many talented guys sitting on my bench. Like, I don't think I'm wasting that many stars. But in a lot of my other leagues, I really, for instance, I'm in one league where I have like four really good wide receivers and my RB2 isn't that good. And it's kind of like, okay, that is, you just gotta, at that point, you gotta kind of just trade for the sake of just. Just, you know, you're not even trying to win the trade. You're just trying to improve your team. Um, and, you know, you don't want to be on, you don't want to be victimized by a really bad trade. But, uh, you know, you, I just, I, I like seeing a lot of activity. I, I, I like also seeing the one-up activities cool down a little bit. Um, I think things were getting a little too salty with those early trades. Um, but, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it, yeah, it's, it's, it's good to see things settle down. I mean, um, we have the first one-upper with us tonight. Um, and yeah, uh, Will, you, you trying to make any trades soon? I really, I really like where my team is at right now. And I mean, obviously that'll change, but I think Melvin Gordon kind of getting that running back one spot is pretty big and sort of the reason why I drafted him. Um, I've got issues at 
tight end and maybe a little bit of issue at quarterback. But I kind of like where I'm at right now, especially after the, the scary Terry trade. Um, I think I'm going to cool it for now, but I'm sure Riley will reach out to me again. I think he just wants to swap teams entirely. Um, so if, if, if that's what it comes to, we'll we'll see how the numbers look and, and move from there. Well, Frankie, we'll, we'll start this matchup analysis with your matchup against Cambo because – I think uh, although it was objectively kind of a poorer performance from both of your teams, uh, this was the game of the year uh, so yeah. far. Because uh, what other fantasy game could it be where the Chiefs were engaged in a edge-of-your-seat, absolute sweating, nail-biter game, and half of what was on all of our minds at the end of that game was, will Clyde be able to get a couple more yards? Um, that was That was a phenomenal uh fantasy night uh frankie you actually called me um about doing the about the plan for tonight uh when kelsey was just about to score his third touchdown uh and i just i just we all saw it we all heard it live at the same time and that was when kelsey got his fourth tempkin i look at each other we're like i think campo's in the lead now we yeah. saw the we saw like the one point lead um and then yeah and then we, we knew the game's script might still work for you Thankfully for you, um, the Chiefs decided to give the ball to Clyde at the end instead of Pacheco or McKinnon, which I think is the right call uh, if you're trying to run down the clock. Um, obviously, that drive didn't really work, but uh, it worked for your boys. Yeah. Uh, 0.2 point win against your biggest rival in the league. How are you feeling? I mean, it was huge. It was it was, a, it was a big game, Monday Night Football, for the Chiefs, and it was a, a big game for me on Fantasy Football, so I had a lot riding on it. Um, and it was just gut-wrenching to see Kelsey get four touchdowns, especially considering Clyde <laughs> got to like the half-yard line on two of those touchdowns and just couldn't get the ball over. Um, <laughs> they overturned that, that one Clyde touchdown yeah. before a Kelsey touchdown. And I was literally typing out in the group me like, Clyde Edwards layers the truth or something, and then I had to just like slowly delete it as I see the replay. <laughs> and I'm like, oh god, this is good. <laughs> and so, especially when he got that fourth touchdown, I'm like, it's over. And I kind of see where the score is at. I'm like, they're definitely putting McKinnon in because he's been running so well tonight. He's just gonna get in there and and get a couple handoffs, and Clyde will probably stay on the bench. And he came in and and did what he needed to do. And and Darren Waller just screwed me. I think. <laughs> yeah. He needs to go back to rehab or something. I think there's something wrong with him. He is Bro not- had a hoodie on before the first quarter was over. Like he, didn't, I don't even think he tried to play. It, I think he went out for one ball snap and then just so I'm done. It's it's too just cold. Just a mess with you boys. Yeah. So, but it was a huge win, especially on rivalry week, and and it would it's huge not to go to to one and four and be in competition with Declan Tamke and and Tommy. So it's good to be good to be in the middle of the pack. Good to be away from that. Yeah, yeah. We're just gonna slowly peel off from somehow Declan doing poorly again, and then Tommy and Will's just complete ineptitude. Yeah, and, and Cambo was due for a loss too, so it's it's good to be the one that handed him to that, especially with a with a Brees Hall breakout game. Um, but just a couple people. S- fell short and definitely not starting Gabe Davis. It's just got to be sitting in the back of his head when he put in, when he put in Christian Kirk, um, who got a whopping one reception for 11 yards. Like I, I mean, Campbell started three wide receivers and they combined for 
like a little over five points. Yeah. And that was the story of that game. Yeah. T. Higgins getting no receptions. I don't even know if he was targeted. I mean, that's just. Yeah, he, he, Zach Taylor, uh, there was this injury that was kind of nagging, but he was, apparently he was fine, but Zach Taylor, like, played it really safe and just didn't bring it back in the game um, in the second quarter, and, yeah, that's why he got zero points. Yeah, that is, that's unfortunate for him, but I'm glad I I squeaked out a win. A win's a win. Yeah. Just got a, just got a little something for uh, cameras, wide receivers. Hello, Bozo. Classic. I mean, I mean, <laughs> this is okay. Let's let's talk about what happened to Camba. Uh, Anthony and Cameron. Since um, I'm pulling this up now because he actually ended last year really hot too. Um, yep, uh, won six games in a row if you include the play. Okay, actually, since me. Okay, since week eleven last year. Um, that was the last time Cambo lost in this league. Uh, so when you say he was due for a loss, uh, you could not be more right. I mean, that was, uh, that was a, definitely a service to all of us. Um, it was great having Campbell on the podcast, um, but no one likes to see a back-to-back champion. Um, and uh, hopefully this will start taking him back down to earth. The, the Kelsey performance was wild, though. It was cool that he was able to get Cambo back into the game. Um, you know, like going into the game, ESPN, if they could do less than 1%, they probably would have given him less than 1%. Um, obviously, Waller being out was kind of a bigger factor there. Uh, and then Kelsey yeah. with like 25 yards and seven catches, but four of his seven catches are touchdowns. Like that was, oh. that was, that was an insane game. But I mean, I. You guys clown me for being worried in the group, man. Uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, I was clouding Frankie. But I was I like, know. all right, Frankie, calm down. Uh, how many times have we been taught the importance of waiting for the bell? Um, you know, it's, yeah, uh, especially a guy like when you have a guy like Kelsey playing, um, and you have just the question marks. I mean, you literally were losing in that game with like five minutes left. And, you know, that was insane that you pulled it out. I think the real, another real issue though, is again, as we say, Cambo with, uh, less than six points from his wide receivers, the three that he started, uh, while Gabe Davis with like a one-handed 70-yard catch and another like 90-yard catch, both of which went for touchdowns, 30.6 points. Um, definitely should be an easy play benching Kirk for Gabe Davis uh, next week. Um, but something I do think is interesting here, and we touched on him earlier, uh, Cambo's number one draft pick, uh, Najee Harris, on the bench. Now, obviously it was the Bills defense and Cambo and I kind of talked about it earlier this week. He was like, what do you think I should do about my running back situation? And I was saying, you know, like, I don't think benching Najee is that dumb because the Bills defense has stopped every single running back this year. Um, But you got to wonder what even is Najee's value right now? I mean, Jack said Cambo should trade him. Um, I like the idea of trading him based on his name value, based on, People wanted to have Najee Harris on their team, but what, I mean, what can you even get for him right now? Yeah, I don't, I don't think I wouldn't want to want touch Najee with a ten foot pole. I mean, the Steelers look bad. I think everyone kind of expected uh, Mike Tomlin to just be able to get a competitive squad out. He, he's kind of always a coach that gets the most out of his guys, but 
the Steelers just look horrendous. It doesn't look like any phase of the ball is going to work for them. So I would just stay clear of Najee. I think most people maybe could sneak a trade on Tommy or something, but I don't think anybody else is really going to be <laughs> to acquire Najee in the near near future. And uh, on the other side of the ball, Frankie, uh, are you are you prepared to drop Russell Wilson? Yeah, I think I think it's time for Russell to kind of go off to pasture. Maybe we'll we'll look at getting him next season, but the injury thing came out about his shoulder, and he just looks horrendous. He doesn't have any vision on where to throw the ball, and I just can't have. I think he's bringing down locker room culture as a whole too. I've already got Melvin Gordon on the team for my Bronco fix. So yeah, he's he's hitting the the waivers um, this evening. Feel free to pick oh, him up wow. if anybody wants him. That that will that will definitely be uh, that will definitely be a shocker, I think, for 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 many. For but right now he has ninety percent ownership. You got to think that's going to go down at least ten percent. Um, yeah, your your running back situation definitely is um, a little weak right now, a little uh, maybe unpredictable. But that is something that we can cover in the power ranking segment. Okay, moving on now to the next closest matchup of the week, which actually no one's really talking about. But another game that came down to uh, last night's play, uh, you got to think Adam was just, um, you know, maybe being more of a Chiefs guy than a fantasy guy. So he wasn't complaining at all about that loss. But Joe, with exactly two point victory over Adam, um, very close game. Two two and two teams uh, in Wyandotte County, just absolute scorched <laughs> earth battle. Um, you know, you saw the you saw the thing I sent in the group chat. So at one point, like all of Adam's players had like, including his QB, like all of his players had like less than four points, except for Austin Eckler who had like thirty one points. Um, so um, Adam was definitely picked up by um, by the uh, primetime games with. Um, Mark Andrews with another dominant performance. I, I do think at this point, um, while I think Kelsey has proven that he is still number one fantasy tight end, I think I wouldn't mind personally, um, you know, if someone said the rest of the season, Andrews over Kelsey, I wouldn't mind that take. I wouldn't agree with it, but I think they're close enough. If you say anyone else is even on the same level of those two though, I mean, it's almost like a different position. It's almost like you're playing – it's almost like you're playing uh, like a guy who's going to give you QB numbers each week with those two guys, whereas any other tight end, like their floors are like trap floors. Their floors are the seller where they can get zero catches. There's no one in this league you can even depend on outside of those two guys at tight end to even give you a decent game. Um, we can get to Metcalf's team later, but after Hawkinson's huge week, uh, I prematurely gave him his flowers. Uh, that was foolish of me. And uh, podcast capture, <laughs> yeah, podcast capture uh, time like 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 none other. But um, yeah, I just absolute frustration over there. Um, perhaps Joe and I were onto something with those late tight end picks. Um, but in this game, Joe was onto something, and that was a two point win by utilizing uh, just huge games out of Hollywood Brown and Jalen Hurts as usual. While no one else on his team really did anything, um, whereas you know, I really think that uh, this this game, which it came down to the Chiefs' defense scoring zero, while Daniel Carlson scored sixteen at the same time, um, I wonder kind of that calculus you do there if you're Adam, 
they're like, all right, my kicker had the best week of the league, uh, had the best, you know, uh, week of all kickers in the league, but that means my defense loses more points. Um, and it just, it just didn't, it didn't, it didn't come out. I'll, I'll bet that uh, Devontae Adams touchdown at the end is probably what ended up uh, defeating Adam. But yeah, I mean, just thinking about it, like if, uh, I don't know, Derek Carr on that fourth and one, instead of throwing it like 20 yards over the head of uh, <laughs> two wide receivers colliding into each other, if he throws a pick, uh, then, we, <laughs> then we have a tied game, you know? So that, uh, I think the tiebreaker still would have gone to Joe because of bench points. But um, yeah, no, two very, uh, I think, bad performances from both these teams with, with, with a few guys who just shine bright, kind of disguising um, just an abysmal week for both of these two teams. Well, especially now. I mean, we'll touch on it a little later, but like, uh, Adam's got a lot of big questions at running back moving forward. Like his RB two, it's. I mean, on paper, it's James Conner, but obviously he trusted James, Damian Harris more this week. So, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, James Conner got a lot of question marks. J- James Conner, uh, you know, he has he has one touchdown this year. He had a good, decent game against the Chiefs. When they, we had a lot of garbage time there, um, but other than that, James Conner, who, as we know, was being drafted in the third round pretty much everywhere this year, um, yeah, I think that was a that was a miss in the draft. And if I'm Adam right now, I'm probably um, I probably personally would mo- use James Conner's name, James Conner and DeAndre Hopkins' name values um, to move them for. Uh, a stud RB one. I think you could get that for sure from those guys. Um, yeah, Frankie, uh, do you think both these two teams are in for a good rehauling? Uh, I don't know about Joe. I think, I think Joe's team just had kind of a down week. Um, on Adam's side of the ball, I just don't. I mean, I think he's definitely waiting for DeAndre Hopkins to come back, but he's kind of. It's not looking good for his team. I think he might need to make some moves quick to kind of uh, right the ship and, and get back on course and get a few wins by by getting rid of DeAndre Hopkins. And, and I don't, I'm looking at his wide receivers right now. I mean, it's just not not people that I really want on my team. You're looking at like Brandon Cooks and, and Cortland Sutton with an underperforming Russell Wilson. Um, mm. I don't know. A lot of holes in this team for me. Um, and I think he might have to make a, a couple dynamic trades and, Maybe try and screw over Metcalf one more time and, and get some real <laughs> And then you are you gonna one up are you gonna one up him again? I'll I'll be hundred percent one upping it. I I'm not <laughs> letting Adam get a trade off this year. Um, but especially from your from your trading partner. It's like a it's like a US Canada relationship. You boys just, just are are just swapping players like it's like like you just it's coterminous borders with you boys. We're one of the same. If we did a blind test right now, no one would be able to tell who's whose team is whose. <laughs> Um, yeah, I think, I think, all right. So, um, the next closest game we had was between, uh, Noswad and the finally renamed Shawnee Sickos after, uh, I would say honestly, uh, you know, six down years and four years of downright embarrassment and one year of the ice bucket, um, Declan has hit rock bottom. Um, (laughs) Definitely not. Um, definitely, as he said, not horrible. His his boys are his boys are coming close each week, but um, they just. I mean, 
<laughs> what more do you want? Devontae Adams had a huge game last night. Um, just, you know, uh, the trade he just made for Rashad Penny blew up in his face. Aaron Jones, just as, as Jack predicted, Aaron Jones is just not delivering those RB1 numbers he was drafted for. DJ Moore, another huge bust. Um, we thought that his team would be saved by Daryl Henderson being the real starter for the Rams after week one. Um, and really since week two, we've seen Daryl Henderson just be as unserviceable as every other Ram not named Cooper Cup. Um, maybe Michael Thomas is a spark plug alongside Devontae Adams going forward. Uh, maybe J.K. Dobbins can do something. Um, but uh, I'm, whew, I'm not feeling good about DJ's team right now. Yeah, I agree. I, I've I've heard a lot of stories about Declan having his one winning season in the past, but last year, I mean, I can't even believe that after seeing the numbers he's routinely putting up and just the way his team performed. Like, I don't even know. This week, I'm looking at the team on paper. It looks like he could get a solid win, get back on track, but it just doesn't look like things happen. That seems to be um, through all of this season and definitely all of last season. He's just underperforming every week i think he's definitely trying he's definitely making trades and waiver wire pickups but this team might just be cursed i don't i don't know if he needs to go i don't know what he's got to do light some incense or something get rid of the evil spirits but (laughs) this team has issues in today's world of modern data analytics (laughs) He is still rostering two New Orleans Saints wide receivers. (laughs) Like, I just, oh, God. I thought you were going to make a statement about the fact that he won his championship with the Plumbers. Oh, God. Yeah, he was playing against Milkman (laughs) and Plumbers. Yeah, it's just, he he can do better. Honestly, I'd be looking to trade um, someone for some depth. I mean, like you could. I think Deontay Johnson is great. Like, I would love, I would love Deontay, but, whew, I don't know. Gotta, gotta figure something out here, Declan. Make some moves. This was. You're, this was. We're placing the no go back time. This was the second straight week of teams trading with each other. The week that they faced off against each other, um, and uh, yeah, I mean, as we said, it was a pretty close match. Um, Naswad maybe with a bit of a down week still um, his his kingmakers uh, I, I think at this point the best running back and the best wide receiver in fantasy which we'll touch on later um, Saquon and Stefan Diggs uh, just giving him enough of a foundation where the rest of his team can be mid and uh, he'll still return over 100 points as Naswad said he has scored over 100 points every week that is consistency that you need to see out of a championship team um, and yeah, he's been, he's been locked in. He's been determined. I expect to have him back on the podcast later. I think really his only hiccup was, um, that Cordell Patterson trade, which obviously was still was fine for him. It just with the injury, I'm a little nervous about Cordero when he comes back, just not at all being what he was the first couple of weeks, which is why I traded him away. Um, so yeah, I, I, you know, Noswad's team again, another, Another win. Um, he's he's now number two in the standings, and um, yeah, yeah. I mean, this is a this is a classic rivalry. I think we were all excited for this game, and and it definitely didn't disappoint. Um, 
you know, who especially didn't disappoint this week was Tommy Mitchell getting his first win of the season. There is no more winless teams. Tommy actually putting up the second highest scoring week. Uh, phenomenal. I mean, he had Josh Allen do what Josh Allen has been doing every single week, um, which, you know, has has kept Tommy competitive in most of his games, but hasn't been enough. Dalvin Cook finally doing what he drafted Dalvin Cook for. Ramondre Stevenson, even though Damian Harris was kind of supposed to be the start this week, the early injury meant Ramondre Stevenson had a monster game, and he is an immediate lock-it-in RB2. Debo Samuel with that 10-point floor. Tyler Lockett just putting up 25 points. I mean, we see what we warned him about, about that Conklin trade. Just, uh, you know, thank God he didn't trade a Tyler for the Tyler because uh, Lockett putting up 25 points and Noswad's t- tight end three waiver wire pickup uh, getting zero catches in a 40-point win. I would be extremely concerned about that if I was Tommy. I think Hayden Hurst will be a solid uh, backup, as will Dalton Schultz. Um, again, we have a three tight end team here, which is a little weird. Um, but Jacoby Myers, who was the waiver wire pickup of the week, uh, Amari Cooper on his bench. I mean, Tommy is showing a lot of signs of life in this week. I mean, it might be a little too late unless Tommy can go on just a crazy tear. But uh, I mean, this, <laughs> this was the Tommy that Jack and I were looking at at the beginning of the season, but we're like, wow, he could put up like 120 <laughs> points every week. If I'm honestly, I like my team a lot, but if I'm Tommy, I I might just straight up switch teams with him. Like he's just got so much potential. Oh, yeah. Like I feel like I could do, I feel like I could do so much with it. Like the fact that he has Amari Cooper and Jacoby, and honestly Hayden Hurst, he's been doing all right in the past couple of weeks. Like he's, I don't know if y'all watched that game, but he was getting fed the ball. Like it was crazy. Um. I don't know if a world in which you have Debo, Dalvin Cook, and Josh Allen is perfection. Mr. $75 sitting on the bench too, Money Mike Boone. (laughs) (laughs) Frankie, uh, is is, is Tommy on the rise? I I mean, I think definitely it all comes down to just setting lineups basically for Tommy. (laughs) And just, I I mean, I'm not expecting like the best trades out of him, but definitely better than what he did with with Dawson but I think he's his team definitely had a good week I think he can definitely get the 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 team back on track I really don't think he's going to make the playoffs but I think someone's definitely going to a few people are definitely going to lose to him kind of down the stretch and it'll keep them out of the playoffs as well so he'll he'll definitely be a sneaky team um but from what I've seen from Tommy his um inactiveness I don't I don't know if that's going to convert to to a postseason run I mean, imagine, like, what the two teams in the SACO normally look like. Imagine just, you know, you're a team and your boys just don't work out. You had a pretty bad year. And, well, at least you'll win the SACO. And you look at the other side and you're facing against Josh Allen, Dalvin Cook, and Debo Samuel. It's like, that, this team is too good oh, for its own right. And, and you know Tommy's not going to shoot himself in the – oh, sorry, Will. Sorry, jumping in. There's a Declan shaking in his boots right now. <laughs> oh yeah, right. yeah well Tamki actually yeah. is though uh Tamki was telling me uh two nights ago he was saying god damn it i'm gonna i'm gonna lose the sacco he was like i'm gonna lose the sacco he was already saying that and but he, but he did say he said if there was one year to lose in this league it would be this year because he's really hype for the beer 5k Tamki loves drinking beer uh, 
Uh, yeah, I, I don't know I, what else to tell you. I would love uh, to see Will. I might, I might fly into wherever he does that. <laughs> I, uh, I, I, I'm hoping that the timing will work out that it happens over Christmas break, so we can all be in Kansas City. Maybe he goes for a 5K in Brookside as the as the um, as the Christmas lights are up. Uh, that would be a beautiful day. <laughs> be um, getting getting free, back in to freezing cold. <laughs> <laughs> getting back to the issue at hand um you know Metcalf uh I didn't really see any frustration from Metcalf this week and I think deservedly so because he turned in a really great week uh there's not really anything bad you can say 111 points kind of carried by Mahomes and Derrick Henry but I mean if you have Mahomes and Derrick Henry it's okay to be carried by them you can kind of build around that um again the thing I said about TJ Hawkinson I'm pretty worried about that I, I think that um you know Metcalf's team, a big reason that we were kind of rating them, uh, him recently is because we were like, wow, TJ Hawkinson actually might be a him. Uh, um, and it turns out that, uh, <laughs> TJ Himkinson, um, and it turns out that, uh, you know, he just, oh. like, he just like the rest of them. So, uh, he's a them. Um, so, so, uh, yeah, I mean, with, with, with DeAndre Swift on the bench, I mean, Again, this team remains electric, especially with Chuba Hubbard just sitting there waiting to just pop off. Zero points this week. I mean, what more could you ask for? Literally nothing. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) uh, I mean, it's really just going to – I mean, his season is going to hinge on when DeAndre Swift can come back. Honestly, if. They're talking about it as if he's not going to come back till after their week seven bye. Like, Ooh. it's it's going to be some while, especially like his RBs. Uh, I don't trust Raheem. I love Raheem Mostert, but I don't trust him to stay healthy. And then he just has a similar position I'm in this week, where you have Kareem Hunt and you're just praying for a touchdown. You know? Yeah, I I uh, am just generally. This DeAndre Swift thing, it just it gets back to I mean, Metcalf went in heavy on the Lions and it's like, you know, it's 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 cool that the Lions offense is so good this year. Um, but you also gotta worry about just going heavy in on a bad team, you know? Again, DeAndre Swift, what if this injury becomes lingering? He's probably shut down early on. So I I I see some ominous signs here. If I'm Metcalf, I wait for Swift to come back, let Swift eat, and then trade him off too. Um, to an unsuspecting uh, guy who's just looking for a stud RB. But again, after that Frankie trade, uh, still, the Mahomes, seeing Mahomes, Swift, and Derrick Henry at the top of your opponent's roster, you're, you're bracing yourself. And that's exactly what you want in fantasy. I think Derrick, Derrick Henry has been, been huge for him. And, you know, I had to get him off the team. It just wasn't locker room culture. It wasn't a culture fit for my team. But he's doing well over there. Um, but, yeah, it seems like his team is putting up solid numbers. Um, definitely concerned about his wide receiver room and, and what's going on there. And Maybe it was just a down week and he can kind of get the, get his team turned around. But a little bit concerning. But, I mean, having Mahomes and, and Derrick Henry, I think his team's going to be fine in the long run and, and continue to keep trucking along. Uh, touching in on uh, the – Biggest blowout of the week. Uh, uh, Got to get this one over with uh, for Jack. Uh, uh, 
Telfman um, in the matchup of the tall blonde guys uh, with no offense to Will uh... Frank. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, uh... <laughs> Jack forgot to call Saul this week. Yeah, no, literally. <laughs> I, uh, I mean, I'm not mad at my performance by any means. I really think um, I'm a true believer in that for the most part, kicking and defensive performances are ca- they're very random, uh, especially for a kicker. Like I'm, I'm going to propose in the summer that we remove kicker and defense and just add an extra flex spot. But that's, Ooh, that's oh, double kicker league. Yeah. That's like, Metcalf, you couldn't get more away from Frank. That is the worst thing I've ever heard. <laughs> Metcalf, Metcalf backed me up on it. Metcalf backed me up. That continues to um, try to bring this league to the year 2050. And uh, I'm just trying to get, keep us on 2022. Let's, let's stay cutting edge. Um, I mean, the biggest issue this week for me was that JT and Kyle Pitts were both out. Not that Kyle Pitts would have done a lot. Um, <laughs> Same style, Mike, Evans, Olave, and Metcalf all showed out. Uh, Chris Olave is, without looking, guess where he is currently ranked on the season? I think he's um, in. I've got I think he can be late. top 20. He's 13 right now, Conrad. All right. He is... He's reaching wide receiver one status. And uh, Mike Evans, had he not missed that week slash gotten kicked out, would be a surefire wide receiver one. And DK, I uh, I was super nervous before the draft, but he has been so good these past yeah. three weeks. Especially, like, he didn't even score a touchdown last week. And, as always, I have to finish with my boy, Damian Pierce. Oh, my God. Grown man. How good was it? How good was it to see him just perform these past three weeks? He, he willed the Texans to their first win. I mean, I don't know when's the last time I saw a running back who's not like a Derrick Henry or like a 2012 Adrian Peterson be able to will their team to a win in a position they call the most replaceable in all of football. Um, Damian Pierce. He was so good. Yeah, he got them like an extra like 70 yards after the tackle that game. I mean, it was insane. Yeah, it's – I mean, I honestly – I wanted him because there was just, like, a lot of training camp hype, but this is not what I could have imagined. Um, so, if JT can come back and Kyle Pitts can come back – and, well, Damian Pierce is on bye this week, so it's not going to be that great. But I like I like where the team is at. But I'm really trying to make a trade to honestly get rid of – like package a wide receiver so that I can slot George Pickens in my flex from here on out because Oof. he has shown a lot of chemistry with Kenny Pickett. But I would I would hold out on that. I th- I think that Pickens as my lock and flex would be a pretty weak lock and flex. I mean I I like to see I like to see some more continued progression from him before I'm starting him every week. Uh, right now I think he's a good like buy or injury filler. Um, I, I have him in a couple leagues. Uh, uh, Telford did not hold back on your boys. I mean, oh God, yeah. Telford's team going into the week. Uh, there was nothing particularly scary about it. It was just kind of what you get every week from Telford. Um, you had Alan Lazard at flex, pretty weak flex. Geno Smith at QB, which is actually ended up being like, this is like a top 10 QB for sure in fantasy um, at this point. Um, but we know that 
Telford went really weak on quarterback, and this Geno pickup might be a league winner if Geno can keep performing roughly how he's been playing. It very well could be. I mean, that completed the team. I mean, that's what I'm hoping Everett is for my team. Waiting on tight end, I could I could pick up someone who ends up becoming uh, like a, my Darren Waller pickup in 2019. Um, and that is what um, Geno can be for, for Telford. I mean, again, the Seahawks don't have to be good. Their offense just has to, I mean, Gino is using, I mean, Gino is undoubtedly better than Russell Wilson is this year and better than Russell Wilson was last year. Uh, we know Wilson was injured, but uh, I mean, Gino is reminding us all what those weapons in Seattle can look like when you have a guy that can read, can read uh, defense and is hitting his targets. And it, it's, it, it's a great story. And Telford, honestly, you know, as, as much of a villain as Telford can be, Telford's also a great story right now. I mean, we've seen the resurgence. Um, I don't even know if you can call it a resurgence because Telford has always kind of hung out at the five through seven spot since joining this league. And um, he called himself a juggernaut uh, today. He thought those are the kind of things that kind of turn the league against you. But um, <laughs> definitely, definitely not too far from the truth. Uh, he is probably the uh, smartest team right now. Um, like as far as how he uses draft picks and how his waiver wire pickups are looking. Um, and I don't want to directly ask if uh, – actually, I'll ask Frankie because uh, you're not part of the power rankings. Frankie, is Telford your number one right now? Uh, yeah, Telford is for sure my – the guy I'm thinking to, to win the league. Um, and I guess kind of just to even talk more about this this matchup, what's – from start to finish, he still had players, guys going on his bench. Um, I think it all kind of started when you played the the better Call Saul intro week one of the podcast, <laughs> and ever since then, Telford has just turned he it, it, into the group chat. He woke the sleeping yeah. giant. Yeah, in a bad way. It's, uh, yeah, no, it was a rough week. Um, but I'm sure, as both of you can agree, it's better to be blown out then have a close win um, or a close loss, I suppose. The win's always better. Like, how would it have felt, Frankie, had you lost the camera? I mean, yeah, it would have been bad, but this it, – it all it all means more in rivalry week. But, yeah, it, it always sucks to <laughs> lose when you think you're going to win. Uh, y- yeah. Y- y- you know what I really um, – I think about that, what you just said, Jack. Um, early on in the season – it feels a lot better to, and I, I also, I also, I mean, I totally, I feel this when I get just destroyed, like in a week, it, it feels a lot better for like all of your boys to do bad in the same week because you're like, all right, well, there would, you didn't have a wasted performance, but late in the season, you want to be losing close games. Even if like, like you, you don't want to be putting up like 60 points in a game you lost by a hundred points. Like you'd rather put up those like, you know, 130 points because at a certain point, those, like, you know, the league can get so tight that you're going into the last weeks and um, you have the same record as someone, but you just fell three spots because you just put up like 60 points, you know? So um, I'm not saying you had that bad of a week, but um, I, I definitely think that it's interesting how, how priorities shift in fantasy as, as you get closer to the playoffs. Um, moving into the last matchup to cover, um, my boys putting together a streak. Uh, second one in the row after kind of a rocky start to the season, honestly. It's looking like we're getting back on track. Um, and nowhere is that more personified than Alvin Kamara, who 
I really drafted to be, you know, my smart, like second round pick really thought that that was the best pick of the second round. And he hadn't been that yet. I mean, he hasn't been that yet. Um, having his first Kamara game, um, I have to say it was against Seattle's defense, which is nothing special at all, but, um, he looked great. He was being targeted ton. Um, I think that Kamara's floor has gone way up after this game. Um, his ceiling remains, uh, who knows, very high. Um, I hated seeing Gerald Everett, uh, fall victim to what's been happening to all these other tight ends, which is, as I said, one reception for two yards. Like he had been doing great. And all of a sudden he becomes Cole Komet. So I don't, I, I don't know. I don't know. Conrad block of the week. <laughs> I don't know what the strategy is. I mean, I'm definitely happy that I'm playing a guy that I picked up off the waiver wire and he's getting me that points instead of playing a guy that I picked in the third round. Who's getting me that points. But um, yeah, tight ends are an enigma. And every year, fantasy owners say this is a horrible year for tight ends. Um, but I think the worst part about this year is just the inconsistency of the tight ends. There's just, there's no telling. I mean, is Taysom Hill going to be the most electric wave wire pickup? Like, he put up like 33 points. Um, you know, it's like, I'm sure he's going to get like a one point next week. So there's no telling. Um, I truly think, and we were joking about it last night. Uh, I was dead when Cambo <laughs> said that thing about, me jumping up and down saying that's <laughs> Tammy, do you know what him means will and i were dead uh, uh actually josh jacobs literally looks like a he he looked like a maniac out there like every run looked like he was a top running back in the league i you know honestly um thought when i got him from noswad um 3 weeks ago that i was getting a guy that um, could be a decent flex when the running back position gets bad. But um, yeah, I mean, since that trade, he's given me 12 points, 32 points, and 27 points um, going into the bye. So my team's kind of feeling that. But um, yeah, I think I'm in a very good position with my running backs right now. I uh, definitely, I mean, I just don't like Joe Mixon um, personally this year, I mainly because of Zach Taylor. Uh, like, no, Joe Mixon's a good running back. It's just that offense has looked very shaky. But, like, I, I'd say your running backs are in a great shape. Um, they're looking solid. You always have Alexander Madison. If Dalvin Cook goes down, we all know that's a smash play. Um, <laughs> and just being ball. able to play a running back in your flex is huge, you know? Yeah, it's it's like a running back that you're not hoping for, like, 10 points from, you know? Like, a running back that you would have no issue playing your RB2. It, it, it feels good. And my team, by the way, I also um, – Jack didn't like the early defense and kicker picks. But uh, uh, going against going against the Jack proposal, uh, 49ers and Justin Tucker have looked very much worth uh, the early pick so far. Being a bit of a foundation for my team when you have a week from Justin Herbert where he goes under his projection. I mean, it's just – it's been picked up by Justin Tucker every single week. And the 49ers defense has shown league-winning potential. I have them in every single league that I'm in, and they have won me multiple games this year. I mean, everybody knows how much I love kickers and how much I would <laughs> love to see a double kicker league. And, I mean, I drafted the Bills. I was the first one to grab a defense. Um, so I'm totally on board with reaching early on kickers and defense because they can have these, these 12, 15, even a 20-point night that can, can win you – 
the game. And so I think they're huge to have, especially when you're tied in, uh, gets like one reception, which seems to be um, the case in, in a lot of these games now. Um, unfortunately, my rival and roommate didn't tend to show up for the game. <laughs> Quite literally, letting Javante Adams play on Thursday night. Um, and the reason I think that was particularly bad was because Javante had a season-ending injury. Um, so oh, when that happens in a non-keeper league, I know we do have the keeper now, but I don't think Javante coming off an ACL tear that you picked <laughs> in the second round is a smart value for next year. So um, Will did go ahead and he dropped Javante Williams um, earlier today. So at least we know Will's not – that's not happening. Um, and it's unfortunate because something I've said about Will in this podcast is for all of Will's just refusal to use the waiver wire and make trades and just general – mediocrity um sometimes it's just it's it he's been able to set his lineup so we now see that a lot of that was dependent on uh him waking up on sunday at 10 a.m and that's when he goes on the app <laughs> so um things are getting ugly for will pat Fryermuth, who's been a nice uh security blanket for him um is it had a bad concussion this game um amir abdullah continues to do nothing just wasting away on his bench Matthew Stafford, who Will, Will drafted to be a solid guy, is also just wasting away on Will's bench. Um, having a lot of injuries just all over the place with Kadarius Toney. Keenan Allen's coming back. Chris Godwin coming back. Jalen Waddell, honestly. I this I, I, I will, ex- I guess you could say, expose myself. Um, at the start of this week, I offered Will Josh Jacobs for Jalen Waddell. And I thought that was a very wow. fair trade for both sides. Um because, you know, I was like, oh, I'll, I'll get like a true wide receiver one at my wide receiver two. Definitely with the, definitely with the state of Tua, I would yeah, say. Right, I right. Mean, That's what I was thinking. I was like, you know, Tua was a question mark. Waddle started the season amazing. But, you know, like like I can I can afford to wait a little bit. And Will can really use Josh Jacobs. But after just this last week, I I, I would definitely wouldn't make that trade anymore. I, if I'm you, I still would probably make it but yeah it's a lot closer from what since again i've only been the the league for a season and a third so i'm not 100 sure of it but it doesn't seem like tamke's the guy to make any of these dynamic trades that he needs to make at the right moment (laughs) um so presented with the opportunity to make look a day later looking back what would have been such a good trade it's it's clear that he would not have made that um so yeah definitely I mean, maybe maybe this is the season he gets really into it and starts making trades in the back half, but um, doesn't seem to be the case. I mean, if if I'm Will right now, and you know, maybe this is ruining a potential Will trade that he had cooking up in the back of his head. The the, I think the trade to make right now is move Christian McCaffrey for a haul because McCaffrey has been looking amazing this year. And he, oh, yeah. he's, but he's playing for the Carolina Panthers, which are a mess. I mean, maybe after the firing of Matt Rule, they're going to be a little bit better. But I think so many teams would see Christian McCaffrey as the running back one right now in fantasy. I mean, he's been the RB6, so that's not too far from the truth. I think Saquon's, um, whether or not Saquon is statistically the RB1, I value Saquon as RB1. But um, I think CMC right now, I say I, I see I see how bad the Panthers have been. I see Christian McCaffrey's injury history, and I see that he's about to play 
the Rams and the Tampa rush defenses, and I make a trade in the next couple of days. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I, li- I could not see a world in which that happens, but <laughs> it's the smart, it's a smart play. Like I, I'm, you sell him for like an RB two and a wide receiver. Yeah, one. exactly. Like, that's a very, oh yeah. And oh, Will's God. team all of a sudden becomes very solid again. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I guess on that note, uh, we'll move towards perhaps the moment you've all been waiting for. Um, Jack and I are going back to the power rankings, doing our own power rankings, ignoring whatever fantasy pros. <laughs> ignoring whatever fantasy pros or the ESPN IBM Watson have to say. Uh, we are making our own assessments. Um, and this time... I trust, I trust our opinion most. <laughs> this time we decided to factor in a little bit more um, the manager as well. I, I try not to really let it affect me that much. Um, but I do think it's important. I think that's something we learned from our first rankings because, I mean, we gave the caveats about Tommy's team and Will's team about the importance of manager dynamics, but I guess you just have to accept the fact that that just, you have to just accept things for how they are and you have to consider, you got to consider Jerry Jones when you're thinking about the Cowboys. So, um, yeah, the, the, this ranking, uh, going to be quite different from our ones at the beginning of the season. Uh, which we will address. We will say what we originally ranked that team. Um, and yeah, going into can I, the last can two I thirds. We'll assess. Yeah, sorry, what Frankie? Um, I would just like to say how I view myself on the coming on this episode. So I kind of view the two of you <laughs> as elitist fans <laughs> making this podcast and everything, thinking you guys are running the show. And, and me is just a simple facts and logic type of guy. So I went back and listened to the original podcast and oh no looked at the records for your top four and your bottom four teams your top four combined for a record of seven and nine um the bottom four uh, had a record of ten and six and when the top four went head to head against the bottom six they were four and five so just a just a little food for thought to all the listeners out there that Maybe these guys don't know what they're talking about if they rank your team 12th and then all of a sudden you're sitting in, in second place. <laughs> you know, Frankie, I appreciate the due diligence you conducted on us. Um, honestly, obviously, we were not ranking those as our projected standings. We were just looking at teams, but that is true. They, I think especially for the teams we had near the bottom, um, we've seen a very impressive performance out of them. Um, and, yeah, I, I, I got to say the – we try to keep these things a dynamic. We, we try to acknowledge uh, where we were right and where we were wrong. And I guess we'll do that. We'll do that now. Uh, Frankie has not heard our rankings. So he, he is live on the show reacting with the rest of you listening at your lunch break. Um, so we will start with a pretty uncontroversial number 12, Declan Shea's team. Um, Jack, do you have sound for that? <laughs> Oh yeah. Uh, 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 what was that? It was good soup. <laughs> wait, <laughs> here, wait. I'll throw. In, I'll just do. I'll just do this one. Among us. Okay. <laughs> so, okay. Continue, Conrad. <laughs> so Declan's team. We gave them um, eleven going into the season. 
Um, and this was definitely one of our more accurate predictions. Um, again, we made those rankings without considering the manager. And um, we all respect Diche as a manager, but we've seen him consistently draft bad teams and make trades that don't elevate him to the next level over the past half decade. Um, so um, really, yeah, I mean, looking at his boys, um, I, I, I mean, we were talking about this earlier. Like, he drafted Aaron Jones to be, you know, his, his bell cow, to be his guy. And that, his team already had a weak foundation on that. Um, so he comes and tries to patch it up with someone that, you know, was just exploding. <laughs> if you actually look at it, Rashad Penny only actually had one really good week and everything else he was playing like we expected Rashad Penny to play. But now he's lost that too. Um, and uh, J.K. Dobbins, who he drafted and he's hoping will start that start that come up. Um, we, we may see that out of him, uh, but it's a, it's a tall task ahead of him. And when you're already at a place where – filling in the running back position is like a it's like a you know it's like a desperation thing where you're just trying to put in someone that qualifies as a running back to fill that position and just get as many points as possible I think he's already in that state um Brady leading the charge just not a good luck um Devontae Adams has shined but the Raiders are completely not using him right he could be way better uh it's hard to complain when he's on a winning team but when when he's on Dishay's team right now, I mean, things are kind of a mess. Uh, I know we say this about a lot of teams, but I I would support trading Adams if I'm if I'm Dishay. Um, I oh yeah, it's 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 kind of like a it's it's like when yeah I mean you have you have one player that's been doing really well and has an amazing name value, but he's on a losing team. He he might be facing suspension right now, um, and everyone in the league just saw him torch the Chiefs. So. I, I think Declan completely needs to remake this team. Um, I've talked with him a bit today, and it sounds like he's probably ready for that. Um, but as of now, as of the recording of this podcast, um, just disappointment after disappointment. And that's why we have him as the lowest ranked team. Yeah, I can't say anymore. I think we can just move on to our next one. Um, coming in at number 11. We have Tamke. Um, now, we had Tamke as our number five going to the – You're not that guy, Sal. Trust me. You're not that guy. <laughs> <laughs> we had Tamke at our number five going into the season. Um, we had him reigning over the other Will, um, making him Will 1A. Uh, but now he's Will 2B because uh, he has just – as we've been – as we talked about uh, shortly beforehand um, – the Jav- I mean, the Javante Williams injury is just crushing. Um, I, I Part of the reason why we ranked Will so high is because we were really impressed by uh, that starting core that he had drafted. And um, yeah, I mean, it started the season looking really good, even though Will wasn't returning very high results. Um, I mean, you saw that thing we talked about in the podcast. Will started the season 0-2, and ESPN said he's going to finish number one in the standings because his team was just that good. But it's quickly dropping now, and... This is this is what we were worried about with Will's team. We said, well, he drafted a great team, but if it starts falling apart, then he's not going to make the steps to fix it. Um, he's almost embraced the beer 5K. So uh, I think Will's the betting favorite right now to take home the Sacco this year. What are your thoughts on that, Will? Uh, you know, it's always good to be the top Will in the league. And so thanks to Tamke for kind of just phoning in last week and 
starting Javante Williams. Um, but yeah, his <laughs> team just um, it's just not looking good, especially with like the Keenan Allen injury. Also, just keeping him waiting him on the bench. He does have the secret weapon of Kadarius Tony that he's saving for the right time. That I think he'll he'll really be when he needs it. Um, but I remember on draft night, he was really worried about drafting Lamar overall. He was all—he was always a guy that trusts like a good old-fashioned pocket passer. Um, yeah. <laughs> he didn't want someone that got fancy. So, I mean, I think what? this was his, his nightmare. He wasn't sure he was willing to give Lamar the keys to his car. Yeah, and I mean, look what happened. So, I think he's definitely going to be looking to get um, just a normal pocket passer for next season. But, yeah, that's just that's just the state of, of where he's at right now. Um doesn't look good. Jack, do you have any more thoughts on Will before you move on? Yeah, I just gotta just gotta say this to Frankie. What do you mean by that? Frankie <laughs> <laughs> said it, not me. Tiffy <laughs> hates mobile quarterbacks. <laughs> hey, I'm pretty sure you guys listened to the last two episodes. Uh, he is coming on next week, but so Tiffy uh, slander is becoming more accepted. Um, coming in at number 10, we have, uh, Mr. Russell himself, who actually has been doing well so far, um, in the league. He's at a respectable three and two, I believe. Um, but, two and three. uh, really? Adam? No, Joe. Oh, my bad. I you yeah, Adam. yeah. Uh, all right. Um, <laughs> why? Why is that Joe? <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so so yeah, Joe Joe we think is a team that is um, significantly worse than his record is right now. Um, I mean his his team is really interesting. It's like literally looks like a running back zero team. I mean literally, that's not an exaggeration. Uh, he has he did say that on draft night. Oh, he called himself an RB zero team. Yeah, when he drafted Jamar Chase that high. True. I remember him saying that, but he also drafted Zeke in the third round, so he does not qualify as a zero on a VT. Probably could have gotten him the fourth. Uh, that's beside the point, though. Um, Joe is in a dire situation right now. He has Zeke, who is looking worse every day than Pollard, Antonio Gibson, who already looks worse than Brian Robinson five weeks after Brian Robinson got shot multiple times in the legs. Um, Cam Akers, who looks worse then Daryl Henderson, uh, Jarek McKinnon, who any given week can put up one point, and then <laughs> Kenneth Walker. Um, Kenneth Walker is leading the charge currently for Joe's team. Um, there's a lot of question marks, of course, about how Pete Carroll will use him. Um, obviously, he had a nice week coming in after the Penny injury. Um, we'll have to see. Um, I, uh, But I think it's without question right now. I mean, not to mention the fact that Joe also went zero tight end. So he's just playing whoever right now, and he has not figured that out. So, yeah, I mean, um, the explosiveness of Jalen Hurts, who I think right now is my pick for NFL MVP, um, and I wouldn't mind if he was considered fantasy MVP right now, um, along with, you know, some huge gains from Tyreek, Jamar, and really Hollywood's just continued greatness, which I think a lot of people weren't really expecting. We'll see if that continues after Hopkins. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, that's kind of what he's writing off of, but there is a deep, deep, uh, weakness that's bubbling to the surface here with this team. And, uh, I, I, I think it's Mayday right now. 
Yeah, I think there was I, – I remember on draft night there was an audible gasp in the room when, when he drafted Deshaun Watson. Um, <laughs> so we knew this team was going to have a lot of that time, um, and it definitely seems like that's the case. His running backs look horrendous. Wide receivers are just so boomer bust, and it was a bust. Um, or it wasn't a bust this week, but I think there will definitely be um, a lot of just dropped games when you think Tyreek Hill might pop off for – for 30 points and he gets three instead. So <laughs> yeah, I, I, he's, he's, he's doing his best right now, but things could get ugly um, further down the line. He's one of those teams that I'm worried about. Not like from my sense, like from his sense. Um, if you're like, once all these bye weeks start hitting, like, yeah, oh, yeah, it's, they're going to start, it's going to get rough. Yeah. And well, I got a couple other teams like that where it's going to be really bad. Um, but we can get to that later, but, oh, we hope to see some movement from Joe's roster suit coming in at number nine. Now this one definitely deserves a longer conversation. We have Bofa Legum. Hey, I love that song. Um, coming in at number nine, Tommy, who was our consensus number one pick um we of course i mean i've said this multiple times we of course noted that we don't actually expect him to win the league we didn't really expect him to make the playoffs but we loved we loved the team that he fielded um now i think a lot of the reason why he's not lower down this list is because of this last week where things are just working now things are looking really good um i hated to see him trade away the etienne i gave him for uh noswad's uh viking that he picked up off the waiver wire um who had one target last week and didn't catch that target um so yeah i mean as we said we're factoring in manager a bit um i do think tommy has shown a bit of a spark as far as his general activity though um i don't expect to see tommy start a lot of guys on buys unless he just skids even further down um yeah i mean tommy's definitely had the weakest start to the season but, um, you know, you don't see bad teams put up 133 points um, with ease like he did this week. So, yeah, like, I mean, because his tight end and his flex uh, gave him nothing. And still, his, his core just popped off for him. So, again, a team – when we went over this, a team with so much promise. Uh, number one up, upside, uh, like we said. But um, uh, it's still Tommy's team. I'm just like – Imagine this team with Travis Etienne. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, that'd be like, too hard oh, to draft that good of a team. <laughs> <laughs> like, bro, just, just there's no way they let him do it. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, um, he's definitely always in competition for the last place spot. Um, but his team is definitely you did draft a good team. It's just it's it's all up to Tommy on if he's gonna start people or make dumb trades and and keep things going yeah tommy's doing a lot of work in that um in that statement you made about uh the top our top three or four teams um on our original ranking because yeah i mean i agree tommy is at the bottom of the league right now true it's true moving in to number eight we have another team that had a pretty has had a pretty large fall from grace mr kistler uh the lq boy himself um, who is a? <laughs> oh no! <laughs> no, he's the house white boy. 
Mr. Kistler has gone down uh, six spots to our number eight team. Um, I think now that Adam really starts his job at um, at BDO, we hope to see you know some more structure to his life and his team. Um, because I mean, right now these. These, these these boys don't have their these boys don't have their base. They the the Cortland Sutton wide receiver is what's really has me down on this team because man, Cortland Sutton was so many fantasy experts sneaky fourth round pick this year, fifth round pick even in some leagues because I mean, and, and ESPN's video on him right now is why fantasy managers shouldn't be concerned about Cortland Sutton. Yeah, there's one reason to be concerned about Cortland Sutton, and it's Russell Wilson. Like the Cortland Sutton's been fine most weeks. Like he's been delivering what you want but he with as adams wide receiver one with russell wilson throwing to him i mean you saw the torture that was thursday night football um deandre hopkins oh god it was the worst (laughs) deandre hopkins um you know like who knows how good he is anymore i mean maybe he he's amazing again but i see deandre hopkins as a wide receiver too honestly um two lane product darnell mooney um just never really someone that that you really want to start unless it's thanksgiving um and yeah, uh, he still has QAnon Butker on his bench. Um, it's QAnon. <laughs> he, you can't be you can't be carrying. Oh, sorry, Connor. No, I was just saying like, and I, I actually don't know what he's going to do about that because Daniel Carlson is the best kicker in fantasy right now, uh, but he's going into a bye, and Butker is probably coming off his injury. But if Butker is not coming off his injury, what's Adam going to do? Is Adam going to drop? Uh, is he going to drop uh, the number one kicker in fantasy? The kicker that he's held on to for three weeks during his injury, or is he going to roster three kickers? I don't know if you know if that's allowed in our league. I wouldn't have even have ro- <laughs> no. uh, Yeah, it might not even be allowed. I wouldn't have even have ro- rostered Harrison Butker to begin with. Like, uh, like the second he gets injured, just throw him to the bench. Like, let some other schmuck wait the, the there. Uh, yeah, or yeah. Waivers. Let some other schmuck waste their bench spot on a kicker. Like I don't know. Yeah. Unless it's like week nine and you're really like loving like feeling a kicker and you and like the depth in the league is just gone. Just no reason to keep them. Yeah, especially with with the fact that Hopkins has been hogging a bench spot, doing nothing, obviously, because of his suspension for so long, and his IR spot's been full since week one with Dak. I mean, this is a team that doesn't look very good when you see the starting roster and then you look at the bench and things get a lot darker. So again, there is a way forward here. And I think it's, it's being willing to not see the guys that have been performing as untouchable. Um, I, I do think things ended up actually going pretty well for Adam, not trading Austin Eckler because since that trade didn't go down, Austin Eckler has put back to back weeks scoring over 30. Um, so Eckler is definitely back. Eckler is definitely going to be performing at the level you drafted him for, uh, barring injury. Um, and yeah, that's, that's really, that's how I'm seeing his team. I mean, Frankie, do, do, do you see, do you see that as a, do you see that as a misplacement? Um, no, I think he's definitely can get a little bit better. I'm a little bit worried about kind of his quarterback situation. I think after seeing the lions just fall apart against the Patriots, Jared Goff might not be the, the fantasy QB option that we thought he was and, and kind of just like you said, Dax taking up space um, on his IR. Um, so yeah, if, if Dak comes back and all of a sudden he's, he's really good and can make a lot of connections with 
with CD and Michael Gallup and, and whatnot, um, I think he'll be good. But I think he could run into the issue that Dak comes back and he has a 12-point game with 200 yards and one interception or something. Um, and all of a sudden he's, he's dropping games he should be winning. Um, and, yeah, his, his, his wide receiver depth is just concerning. Frankie, you are our number seven on this, and uh, you are the only one we have not moved. <laughs> you are the only one we have not moved in our ranking from our initial one. We had you coming in at number seven. Um, and uh, I, I don't know if you can call that unfair because uh, I think your team, uh, you actually have saved a complete devastating start to the season by rattling off two wins. Um, but you're still at eighth right now in the standings. Um, I think it, it, what, what it comes back to is uh, your RB situation, um, along with biting early on Darren Waller. Um, and I, I'll say this about that trade that you made with Metcalf. Um, Jack said that you ended up fleecing yourself on that trade because the one-up was so generous. I didn't agree with that. Because, I mean, and we saw again this week just who Justin Jefferson is. Um, when you really think about it, Justin Jefferson uh, could easily be the wide receiver one. Um, you know, it's probably between him and Stefan. You got Cooper Cup and Jamar as well. But, you know, you you got the CD and Jefferson combo. But, um, unfortunately, uh, it looks like Jack was right on Clyde. Um, I mean, we're, we're, we're watching this, these games and... Clyde hasn't looked – I mean, again, Clyde has been putting up – has had a great start to his season. And he has been saving any bad performances up until this week with touchdowns. But Clyde out there is – I mean, he's not the best running back we have. Um, no, not at all. And I – I mean, that's what worries me. And you have Fumble Gordon um, starting now, which was a great break for your boys because – he wasn't a startable until now, but um, and then of course you have named Jeff on the cursed 49ers. Who, <laughs> who, who knows? Uh, I mean, he, he had a twenty point week this week. I think he he did what he needed to do. He did. I mean, who knows where you go from there? But um, yeah, uh, I think, think seven's a fair spot for me. Not moving from where I'm at. I think I definitely if things can get get turned around fairly quickly. I think Clyde, um, I mean, if he gets those two touchdowns by literally probably less than 12 inches on both of them, um, this is a lot different of a story, but he didn't get those two, and there's no reason to think that he would get them next week against the Bills, which I'm a little concerned about, and I don't think I'm going to be starting him. Um, But I think he still gets used a lot on the goal line, and he's a touchdown-heavy uh, running back, and it didn't really work out last week, but even the week before that, he still put up good numbers. Um, but I think I kind of got away with a little bit of, of getting Michael Pittman off before we really saw how bad the Colts offense looked with Matt Ryan. Um, so I'm not totally opposed to getting maybe a wide receiver one in exchange for, for Derrick Henry um, with a running back run and then one um, and just maybe kind of trading off Clyde and Michael Pittman that maybe aren't the best at their position. Uh, but yeah, I think my team's doing fine. I think we can definitely get things turned around and, and be competitive, but set seven's a good spot for me. Coming in. Oh, sorry. 
coming in right above you. Um, fuck, cut this part out. Okay, close it. All right, coming in right above you um, is your favorite trading partner, and I guess it's only fitting, Riley Metcalf, um, who has risen. Um, oh, sorry, Carter. No, I want to hear this. What, what, what is that sound? Insert cash or select. Hey, <laughs> the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, yeah, I mean, he he was our number ten initially because we thought it was another classic Metcalf draft where he just for some reason is just higher on a lot of guys than we were. Um, and then, of course, he starts the season looking like a top dog. Um, starts with a strong two and O performance, um, and he's rattled off three losses since then. Um, again. This last week, I think, was strong. Um, I think that uh, his his team has is better than his two and three record. I think it improved with that Derrick Henry trade. I mean, thank God he for him that he got that that trade got one upped because I'm imagining. I mean, again, okay, yes, Eckler has been doing really well, but um, I, the long term value that that trade was for. I mean, I, I don't really think Garrett Wilson has any standalone value. Um, and yeah, I, Metcalf's team is at the end of the day, uh, we all think that not drafting Patrick Mahomes, especially in the Kansas City League is smart until the guy who drafts Patrick Mahomes drafts it. And we're like, damn, that is just a good pick. It's just good to have Mahomes on your team. Yeah. Um, I had a lot of extensive fantasy football conversations with Metcalf, (laughs) Uh, while I was back in Kansas City, I did clown him for Chubba Hubbard. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for your service. Uh, yeah, we were just, I was mainly just trying to see if I could get my homes. And it was like, no, nah, it was just not happening. Like, I would have to sell the farm. I would have, it was like Joe Burrow and Michael and Mike Evans. And it was just like, I couldn't do it. Um, yeah, it's tough. Like, that was, yeah, that was the asking price. But I would have, loved to reach Don Mahomes this year, honestly. He I I I've had him a couple I had him last year and it was so nice. <laughs> like just being able to watch the Chiefs. Um but anyway, I think he is doing good this year. Um from a fantasy perspective. Your his team fully healthy is like amazing, right? Yeah. Like DeAndre Swift and um Derrick Henry and T J Augustin and throw in Michael Pittman. Like, if everyone's performing to their ceiling, he is arguably the best team in the league, right? Yeah. Um, that's not the case uh, a lot of weeks, especially with these injuries. But I don't know. If I'm Riley, I'm happy where I'm at, and I just on to Cincinnati. And I can't, I can't talk bad about Riley's team because anyone on his team could easily make their way to my team in the next few weeks. Um, so I think, I think he's. I think he's doing well. I think the trade worked out for the both of us. Um, and yeah, he's got a big bye week coming up, but I think he'll probably drop it and, and, and then move on with it and be done with, with buys. I was our number five team in our rankings, which uh, looking at the settings now is exactly where I am in the standings. Um, and yeah, I, I think the... No! <laughs> <laughs> I, 
I think this is like the most <laughs> off the wall soundboard. <laughs> like, okay. I I I think what um, oh as, as as we all feel about our teams, I think I think what I am still waiting on for this team is um, a big trade, just kind of reorient things to. I want a team that is consistently putting up 110 points. I want that to just be like, you know, if we're going to lose, uh, you know, 120 to 110, so be it. But um, that's what I've, that's really been my team's success in past years. Um, it, again, like in the playoff game against Jack last year, it cost me that game. It tends to cost me in the playoffs um, unless I have just something crazy happening from Devonte. But I, I really want to get to a place with this team where I can just start racking up the wins. Um, I don't need crazy wins. I just, I just want, you know, I, I, I just want more out of these boys. And right now, um, just the Jerry Judy slash Thielen and then Everett combination, it's just not getting it done. Um, uh, Justin Herbert has just, just not quite been what I drafted him for. Um, it's been, it's been good, but I expected a, like some 30 point games by now. Um, he was a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of fantasy pundits that I respect. He was there like number two behind Josh Allen, like with Josh Allen being their consensus, number one, Herbert was their consensus, number two. So I felt like I was getting a good deal, getting him after Mahomes, even though I, I would have always rather had Mahomes, but I was like, maybe I just have a biased perspective, but no, I mean, Herbert, you know, he's been, he's been fine, but, um, yeah, I, uh, I don't like how much the 49ers and Justin Tucker have been delivering me uh, my extra points in these, in these weeks. Yeah. It's um, I mean, it's always great to have, but you know, it's not something you want to necessarily rely on, especially when it comes down to bye weeks, right? Yeah, matchups. Like you, yeah, you don't want to be, yeah, exactly as well. Like you don't want to necessarily be rostering, a kicker during their buy. I mean, if you can, that's great, but I don't know. I think, I think there's a lot of potential. Um, but if I'm you, I'm looking to really shore up, um, my wide receiver two position. Yes. I mean, that's been the goal for quite a while now. Um, there might kind of, let's talk. I'm trying to, let's talk, let's talk after this. <laughs> we are definitely in trade talk right now. I think there's something on the horizon there. So, <laughs> So I, I, I have patience. I'm, I'm assessing my team how it is at this moment. But uh, yeah, I mean, Frankie, do, do you think that's fair? Yeah, I would say looking at the team, the only like glaring hole I'm seeing is Jerry Judy. Um, just not looking like a very reliable option. Um, but the Josh Jacobs trade seems to be working out really well. Alvin Kamara's um, seems to be looking good as well. Joe Mixon, uh, maybe playing definitely below his ceiling but definitely not at his floor so yeah i would definitely say this is a good spot for your team and hopefully you can get a little more out of them but love the kicker love the defense (laughs) you win how you win that's just it's a gritty win but still a win yes sir uh number four we have uh this will be this this is another one i'll make the headlines we have noswad our opening year last place team Helicopter, helicopter. Wow. <laughs> Absolute Reddit moment. Um, Noswad coming in at number four. I'm sure he's going to think this is underrating his boys. Um, but I, I think it's pretty fair. Now, again, the, the, there is one reason that Noswad has been 
just popping off. And that is, um, well, okay, I guess you can call it too, that he has a number one running back and the number one wide receiver. And again, I don't know if that's actually what the numbers say right now, but uh, they've been performing like them with their consistency, with how they've looked out there. Um, yeah, I mean, Kyler Murray has been performing like actually, you know, as much as he's been getting clowned, he's been he's been delivering. I've been, I've been in two leagues. He's been delivering pretty much every single week, um, being perfectly serviceable. And he just goes from there. That Tyler Conklin trade, of course, as we all knew, worked out really well for him oh, because he had negative use for Tyler Conklin. I mean, he was behind Njoku and Knox in Noswad's depth chart, and he got – yeah, he got a very solid flex for him. And um, I got to say, too, he did get him at the right time because I'm sure Tommy didn't really know what Travis Etienne's deal was. Um, and sure enough, uh, 12.9 points uh, without any touchdowns because – yeah, Travis Etienne's a pretty good player, and he's young, and he's yeah, on a yeah. good team. Yeah, and he's just getting – he's as the season progresses, he's going to just get more worked into the offense. Like, I think it's a goal to have a 50-50 split. He's a classic player you'd expect to see on Jack's team. Yeah, yeah. I uh, <laughs> I was pretty – I was pretty upset at the trade for Dot. <laughs> I, I really wanted – I really wanted Travis Etienne. <laughs> yeah, I mean – Frankie, I mean, did you did you think at the start of the season we were being unfair to Noslab when we put him in last place? Uh, no, not I remember him drafting Michael Thomas and just audibly just just laughing like <laughs> believe that he did that like his season's over. Um, but I didn't think Saquon. I thought Saquon would probably bust an ACL again, but he seems to be doing well so far. Um, the Giants seem to be competent with their new coach. Um, so yeah, he's definitely. Getting the most out of his boys, making good trades or decent trades at least when he needs to. Um, so I I like Noswold a lot. I think he's doing doing great with the team he drafted and and making good trades. I think the biggest reason that he was not put higher for Conrad and I is that let's take a look at his bench here. This is just this is just terrible. Like who is it? Who would you guys say is the best person on this bench? I would, like Devin Duvernay, I, like that is. I rate Dawson Knox higher than most do. Um, I think that I think that he, in a year of horrible tight ends, I think that Dawson Knox may end up being a. Um, he might end up with one of those like tight end four finishes where it's like yeah, it's because he scored like nine points every week, and there were some weeks where he had like eighteen points. Um, I think that's the only piece I see on his bench, though, as you said. Like there's. There's there yeah it's it's a it's definitely a bit of a paper tiger um and it's gonna be very interesting to see what Noswad does on bye weeks like I I don't know what you do on the bye week with this team yeah it's like at, at least he doesn't have like um <laughs> a defense to drop or something but it's just oh yeah it's really bad like it's gonna be, it's going to be rough sledding now that the buys have started. And I think that's going to be the case for a lot of teams. Like all the top heavy teams in the league are just going to start falling off. Uh, I think that's actually really accurate, Jack. And just for that, you're a number three team. Um, rising from one spot <laughs> to one preseason number four. Um, I think, uh, I mean, your team has had. Donald Trump. 
Welcome to Fortnite. <laughs> <laughs> that was epic. Uh, yeah, Jack, I mean, um, as hard as it is to look at your logo and comprehend what I'm looking at, um, the, the, I mean, I, I think this has been the breakout year for your philosophy. And uh, obviously your philosophy has got a lot of exposure on this podcast, but, um, yeah, I mean, your, oh, yeah. your young guys are really popping off. I mean, um, I, not to go to the con immediately, but really the only thing holding you back is Jonathan Taylor being pretty much insignificant this year. Um, and Kyle Pitts. Well, he did have 25 points his first week. Yeah. I mean, Jonathan Taylor started the year with a great game um, after a slow start in that game, actually. Uh, and Kyle Pitts, as you said, has had one serviceable week. So that's really the only reason why um, your combination of smart drafting and high upside and just generally pretty dynamic team isn't, um, you know, at the top. Uh, it's probably why you've actually lost uh, a couple of these weeks. Um, yeah, I yeah. mean, it's I mean, my really bad week, it was the one where Trey Lance went down. Like, if Trey Lance was completely healthy right now, this would be amazing. Like, I would love – I did not go into the season planning on starting Joe Burrow, like, week 12 to week 14. You yeah. Know? Like, I drafted Trey Lance, expecting him to come on later. But that did not happen, <laughs> um, which is really unfortunate. So – like you take Joe Burrow, he's number seven overall right now, but it's like it's not the best, you know. Yeah, and uh, honestly, that's that's what I'm interested in. I mean, you talked about that Mahomes trade you wanted to do. It sounds like you are a little eager to get a blue chip quarterback. I mean, you've continuously wanted to trade up for that. Um, I I think the issue is I I, I think you're going to have to be willing to part with someone more serious than one of your bench players. Um, I think. Yeah, you know, maybe yeah. Mike Evans and Joe Burrow is too high of an asking price for Mahomes, but I would probably be willing to move like something like a DK Metcalf and Joe Burrow for you know like any of those top like five QBs. Um, and I, I think we feel like DK. A lot DK... Oh wait, continue. I was saying, I think you'll be feeling a lot better about your team if you did that. Yeah, I can't agree more. Um, I was in talks with Joe Russell about. Jalen Hurts and it was just like the value was just too high he was like I need Jonathan Taylor and Joe Burrow oh. and then you can have one of and then you can have one of Antonio Gibson or Zeke and I was like I just it's just not it's just not feasible for me like I was throwing out like I'll, I'll put this out there if you have a blue chip I will trade you DK and Joe Burrow uh, I'm looking for a mobile quarterback um, the anti-tanky I mean, Russell it, Wilson is looking yeah, good right now. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, let's look at the starting QBs in this league. We've seen how important it is this year to have the top four, or I guess five, depending on how you value Kyler Murray. Like Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, Pat Mahomes, um, Kyler Murray, and Jalen Hurts. Like those are so just game changing for the for your league like yeah i i mean this is this is my this was the hot take i've been thinking about for the, the whole time i've been waiting to come on the podcast i hate jack's team so much i think <laughs> oh, I, hate, 
I think this team is going to finish in the bottom third of the league. I Jonathan Taylor <laughs> is running back 28 right now. Kyle Pitts is looking to be a terrible pick. Um, you overvalue um, George Pickens so much. You're the second lowest scoring team this week or in the league right now. Um, and you also dropped a 55 point week. Um, I just don't think this team's any good. I don't. I don't know where I'm missing it. I guess we'll see what the pod feedback is if people agree with me or if I'm way off. But I just. I would. Ar- I would argue that I have the second best wide receivers in the league behind Wyco's finest. That might be true, but your running backs just don't look very good. I mean, Damian Pierce looks John- good, but AJ Dillon. <laughs> And Jonathan Taylor just are not – they're looking like a, a lower running back. Team. I think I think most people in this league would trade their RB1 and RB2 for JT and Damian Pierce. Uh, I mean, I yeah, maybe. But I don't I, – I don't – I personally, I don't I don't think this team's going to do well. And I, I, I'll put it on the line right now. I think, I think my boys ranked at number seven one with a, a better record than your boys ranked at number four right now. Oh. We're we're bad. It's a good thing we're battling it out. I know. Oh, I'm putting it all on the line. I love that. Yes, sir. <laughs> is, is anyone important on buy for either of you boys? Uh, Damien Darren Waller, my zero point king, is. <laughs> well, technically, yeah, I can just blame Damien Pierce. Frankie drafted Waller first, so it's a bigger sacrifice for Frankie. So I guess <laughs> the, the, the truth will come out this week. We're gonna uh, find out. You, you love you love to see that kind of fire that Frankie was saving till now, just to absolutely just bear it against Jack. Now, this number two pick, I in my opinion, it's a controversial pick. Um, it's uh, it, it 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 was something that we talked about for a while before deciding um, who to give the number one to, and I'm sure he's not going to like it. As the pod's biggest fan, Zach Telford comes in as our number two team on our power rankings. Um, these these self this. <laughs> The self-described juggernaut has looked absolutely magnificent this year. Um, again, he still has a ton of fab, and he has been active on the waiver wire with just great draft picks. I mean, um, I think, like, just objectively, just looking at it, like, the – the I mean, when, when Nick Chubb is your RB2 and Mike Williams is your wide receiver too, like, you go from there. That That's what the core is built around. Uh, I have very little bad to say about Telford's team. Um, I, I mean, I don't think the bench is anything special, but then again, like if Zeke goes down or if the Cowboys just decide that Pollard is better than Zeke, which he is, then uh, – and if Chase Edmonds, uh, if the Dolphins run him like what they're paying paying for him, then Telford has a good bench too. So, um, yeah, I mean, again, this team, I don't see winning the championship, I have to say. I think that um, – you're going to see just further deterioration of George Kittle as a fantasy asset. Um, I mean, the Niners love using him as a blocker, which is fine, just not for fantasy. Um, I, I, I think that uh, the Geno train is not a sustainable train to ride. Um, but right now, I think Telford is the best team. And Jack, I'd love to hear why it is, because obviously uh, it's, it's, it's evident now that the Camels are number one. So I'd be interested to hear what about Telford is holding you back from placing him as your number one team. Ah, it's got to be the bench. Um, I think Chase Claypool is going to just really fall off with Pickett coming in. 
Um, he's rostering two tight ends right now. He's rostering three tight ends, which is that's like, tough. I mean, that's just that's just silly. And he like, drafted no George Kittle. Hooper needs to be on the team. Yeah, exactly. And he also he's drafting George Kittle. Like you start George Kittle every week, so there's really not a reason to have Tunyon and Hooper there. Um, Russell Gage is Russell Gage. Um, I don't think I mean we all know that Mike Evans is now filling in for Gronk as Brady's red zone target not that he wasn't getting them in the first place but like now it's super prevalent I mean the hope is that Chase Edmonds and Tony Pollard come to life uh like you said Conrad but yeah I would say it's really just the bench that was holding him back and then it was the quarterback play admittedly but now Geno Smith is turning into that guy like he's so good do uh frankie you have telford as your walk-in number one uh do you do you see a world in which he uh in which you agree with what our rankings pumped out which has him below cambo i mean he could i mean i i proved it this week cambo is immortal he still bleeds just like the rest of um, <laughs> i mean it's fantasy football so anything can happen but Telford looks good, really, other than George Kittle. I think his team is super solid. Um, but, yeah, I mean, anything could happen. Injuries could happen so quickly, and, and Gino can definitely regress. Um, and the, the wheels could come off very quickly, but I don't see that happening now. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I think he'll he'll definitely make a, make a deep postseason run. Maybe he comes up a little bit short. So now we turn to what has become the uh, hegemonic male of this group, uh, the personification <laughs> of greatness, um, Anthony, Bo, Tony, uh, David, Cambo. <laughs> um, I don't know if Jack has a song for him um, or if uh, silence is more uh, fitting. I was, um, I was too enamored by his team. <laughs> Fortnite Battle Pass. <laughs> Okay, there's too many Fortnite songs. <laughs> all right, all right. I don't know what you think a modern-day soundboard is, Conrad, but it's a lot of just Fortnite and Among Us. <laughs> um, yeah. Campo's team is... Uh, oh, and uh, I I know we, we didn't um, acknowledge the, the last uh, couple. Um, Telford was our number six, and he's up four spots at number two. Campbell was our number nine. So um, you see uh, tied with Noswad for the biggest rise in our power rankings at the up eight spots to number one. Um, which, again, it's it's what is so impressive about that is the fact that his first round pick um, hasn't really been doing anything for him yet. I mean, Najee Harris, has, if Najee Harris was uh, a no-name running back, um, he maybe would have been picked up in like week three after getting a couple 11 point games, but he would have been dropped by now. And, um, that's when you start getting in a bad place because he is on a bad team. And as we talked about, I mean, last year, his yards per carry, it showed signs of this. Maybe this isn't so sustainable. Um, the Steelers just have really tough sledding ahead. I mean, Najee's value is going to continue to tank I, I do think it's going to get better but um yeah i mean cambo somehow building off that very disappointing foundation has found victory after victory with the likes of uh the travis kelsey pick who again i mean 
what a hot take. Travis Kelsey, you know, first tight end off the board. But Kelsey just single-handedly can win you a week. Um, T. Higgins, who I know a lot of boys kind of slept on, he had that one bad week last week. But T. Higgins truly is, I think, a high-end wide receiver too. And, um, you know, Gabe Davis, who has disappointed for a while, now has had the electric game. I mean, that's showing Camel can be a scarier team. I mean, again, Camel's not my personal number one, but I respect the consensus rankings. I respect the Brees Hall pick. <laughs> I respect the I respect the um I respect the Amon Ross St. Brown pick. Um yeah, I I don't see any holes in this team. I love Cammer's team. Like it's so good. Um honestly if I'm him, I'm like I package Najee and try and get a blue chip quarterback and then just stream RB2 because it really doesn't matter because his team is that good. <laughs> like, like if you're having Travis Kelsey, who out of running back, wide receiver, and tight end overall, just so just flexes, he is number three. Like, he is so good this year. Honestly, if we do redraft, he arguably gets picked number one overall. Overall? Um, I would say so, Conrad. I really do. I think I think him and Mark Andrews is what they bring, make them top five picks. Um, but I'm really excited that I'm, Amon Ra is coming back, um, so Christian Kirk can take a little breather in Jacksonville. But I don't know. I really like his team. I mean, Kelsey in the second round is is truly crazy. Looking back at it now, it's like how did no one pick Kelsey in? the late first or early second round, um, you know, it's, it's, it's truly baffling. I mean, and we, it, it's almost like we saw the plan in front of us. Like we know how good Mahomes and Andy Reid are. Uh, we knew that Kelsey was going to get even more targets without Tyreek, even though, you know, maybe the best coverage going to be on him. You, he just can't be covered. It just, it, it's not like covering a fast, tiny wide receiver. He is just, he is his own weapon. And um, yeah, that from that foundation, Cambo has seen a lot of success. Uh, Frankie, how does it feel to see the man you just vanquished last week coming in at number one? I mean, it, it feels good. It feels really good. His team, I'm worried about <laughs> Najee. Um, a little worried about Christian Kirk and Gabe Davis kind of just dropping an egg uh, every once in a while. Um, but, yeah, I mean, his team's solid. He won the league for a reason. Um, but I still beat him, so what does that say about me? <laughs> I think that's a great place to end it. Uh, Frankie, this was a great episode. Uh, I think this is our first episode without any technical difficulties. Um, uh, thank you so much for uh, your thoughtful analysis. Thank you for bringing that Oklahoma energy. Um, we truly hope you stay safe out there. Uh, you make it back with the kind of um, – you make it back to Kansas City with the energy we we're, we're hoping for. Uh, hope to link up with you for Thanksgiving. Uh, Jack, you got anything else to say? I do not. Thank you so much, Will. Uh, do you have any closing thoughts, Frank? I should say thank you guys for putting the podcast on and having me on. And if anybody's out there, if anyone agrees with me about Jack's team, please voice in the group <laughs> me because I, I want to know if I'm alone here. I might, I might, I might be on a on a little hill all by myself, but we'll find out. <laughs> all I need is Conrad backing me. Oh God, <laughs> corrupt bargains over here. 
<laughs> we'll leave you with this. I can't stop this feeling deep inside of me. Girl, you just don't realize what you do to me. When you hold me in your arms so tight, you let me know everything's alright. I 